Hello and welcome to In The Growth Space. This is the show for business owners and leaders who have a thirst for growth. I really appreciate you listening in today. And if this is your first time listening, welcome. This podcast is all about growth. It's about business growth, team growth, personal growth. And I love bringing to you conversations that I get to have with leaders of all types. And today I am talking to Matt Andrews. Now, Matt is a real estate investor. He's a serial entrepreneur. He's a growth hacker, film producer, and best-selling author. He's best known for the Real Estate Investor's Guide book series, the Family Reunion Marketing Summit, and as the founder of REI Collective. And this year, Matt has Vanilla Ice on his stage at the Family Reunion Marketing Summit, and he's also a featured speaker at Traffic and Conversion Summit, along with Snoop Dogg, Marie Forleo, Chip Wilson, and Martha Stewart. Not bad company, right? So Matt has been also seen on CNN, uh, Forbes.com, ABC News, and numerous other media outlets. His training products can also be found on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and iTunes. And I'm really grateful to our mutual friend, Kevin Peters, who has been on this podcast. I'm grateful to, to Kevin for introducing us. And it really is the power of this podcast because oftentimes I will ask you, the listener, who do you know that I should know and, and who should be on this, this podcast? Because it's through those introductions that I can bring amazing stories and amazing people, amazing growth journeys to you, our audience and our listeners. And in this conversation, uh, Matt and I are actually going to talk about that camp that that Kevin Peters and he uh, met at. And it's, it's such a unique camp that uh, I, I think is so cool because it is a camp for young people. And as you can tell by the conversation that we have, it's no wonder that starting out early in this camp uh, really gave Matt and others like Kevin the head start that they needed to be able to really help them become the leaders that they are. So let's go ahead and just get into this conversation with Matt. And I'll be back at the end just to kind of share some of my thoughts on this conversation. So here's my conversation with Matt Andrews. Well, hey, Matt, uh, welcome to In the Growth Space. I am really grateful that you took time to, uh, to be with me today. David, thanks for having me, man. I'm excited about it. Yeah, yeah. So we're chatting a little bit about your growth journey. And I know that it started in a camp when you were young. So take us back to, to that camp and tell us a little bit about what that camp meant to you and really how it has impacted your life. Yeah, I love it. I don't get asked that question too much because you and I, the audience didn't know this, but you and I were introduced by a mutual friend of ours, right? Yep. Kevin. And Kevin's a friend of mine from childhood yep. from way back when he was actually a, my camp counselor at this camp that we're about to talk about. Right. Love so it, super cool. The way things all come together. Here we are, you know, 30, whatever, however many years later. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> 15 years later. Yeah. 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 yeah right. <laughs> so, so Kevin connected us and yeah, Kevin and I met at a camp that I attended, I think as a camper for probably five or six years as, as a kid, I was 
very fortunate to have found it. My parents knew the people that that ran the camp, and it was a it was a leadership and teamwork based camp. It cool, instilled man. leadership qualities and and really taught kids kids of my age, 11, 12, 13, 14, core skills about leadership and really about communication. So, you know, you and I were talking a little bit before when we were prepping this, and I and I told you I, I look back at that camp as kind of you know, one of the inception points for everything that I've accomplished in life, because the man who ran that camp, Skip Ross and his wife, Susan Ross, they are master communicators. And Mm. he taught me at a young age, he breathed into me, here is how you communicate. Here is how you inflect. Here's how you look people in the eye. Here is how you you communicate with honesty and transparency and, and, and real, you know, authenticity. And so I don't think other 12 year olds were taught that, you know, they just (laughs) weren't, I didn't learn that in school. Right. So I was very fortunate early in my life, not just to have great parents, but to have parents who fostered relationships with other people in my life that helped me learn some higher level things like that. And at at that age, a 12 year old who can shake your hand, look you in the eye and communicate effectively. I was a rarity and I was way ahead in a lot of ways. So that's just helped me in everything I've accomplished. And it goes back to Circle A Ranch in Rockford, Michigan and Skip Ross teaching me those things. And that's a big piece of my history. Yeah, man, that is such a great story, man. And and, and I'm sure at, at the age of 12, you probably were thinking, oh, man, I got to go to this camp or whatever. But but I mean, my goodness, it's, it's really it's served you well. I mean, it's really uh, been a, a great catalyst for your for your entire life. Yeah, it had, you know, and and I at the time I thought, oh, I'm going to this camp and I'm not sure what's going on here or whatever. Yeah. And then I got there and I realized, okay, this is a little bit different than just your typical summer camp, right? Yeah, and yeah. Because of that communication piece, because of the the team building part of it and the trust building exercises that we did, yeah. it just kind of unlocked some things in my head yeah. at that age that were just different, you know, and, so and it cool. gave me a different look too. You know, I had my life at home and school and friends, but then I I got to, you know, a few weeks a year be up at this camp and be away from home and get a different look at life, be around some different people. And that really helped me. That helped me realize that, hey, it's all about the people you surround yourself with. I found a great positive nurturing atmosphere there and realized I can create that wherever I go, I can take that with me. So yeah. that taught me that early on. And so yeah. thanks for asking me that. Man. I never yeah. get to talk about summer camp when I was a kid. You know? <laughs> yeah, that's, so, that's great. Well, and and, and uh, my curiosity is getting to me. Was there a an exercise or an event or something that stands out in your mind that was maybe like the catalyst to create that spark? Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of that camp was based on kind of the the teachings of Skip Ross. And uh-huh. he, he wrote a book, which you can still find. I think you can still get it on Amazon today. It's called Say Yes to Your Potential, right? Cool. It would be it would be seen as a prototypical old school self-help book, but it was sure. the real deal, right? Yeah, none of the sure. fluff, none of the none of the stuff that a lot of the stuff that we see today. Like it was it was real deal stuff. And it was about mindset. And really what mm-hmm. it was what it was about was one central thing that really landed for me as a kid. And that was, and it was a, it's a simple concept when I tell you, but it's profound, right? And it's, I control what goes on in here. I love it. I I control what goes on in here. I control the way I feel about things. Mm -hmm. I control the way I react to things. And I started to adopt a personality or or some traits and, and a thought process that was around the idea of 
look, if there's something going on, I'm in control of it. If I feel this way, it's because I've let myself feel this way. Not because you made me feel this way or you did this to me. It's all me, right? Personal responsibility, personal accountability. Now, you might have said something and I might have got mad, but you didn't make me mad. You said something and I allowed myself to be mad. That's on me, right? That's me. And so at that age, learning, and I I probably didn't use these words in this vernacular, but learning accountability, mm-hmm. learning responsibility and self-reliance and, and personal accountability as something that you should be proud of and something yeah. that is empowering because yeah. that means if you're in control, that means you, you're in control of everything up here, right? You right. can do it all, right? And right. so for me, that's what it was, just realizing that I am in control. I choose how I feel, right? And mm-hmm. now today, I've got a you know seven-year-old daughter and a three-year-old son. I teach them these lessons all the time. And I, and I say the exact words that <laughs> Ross taught me back then, you always have a choice. Yeah. You can choose to be happy. You can choose to be unhappy. I think it's better and smarter and wiser to choose to be happy, yeah. right? Now, yeah. that's simplistic. And some people might hear that and say, oh, you just choose to be happy and just manifest greatness. Or That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking mm-hmm. about making a conscious decision about the way you think. Yeah. I'm talking about having an attitude hmm. independent of the circumstances around you, right? right. The last two years, 2020 and 2021 have taught us anything. Yeah. It's that people that have an attitude that's independent of the circumstances around them and have an internal locus of control and an internal you know, internal yeah. power and not dependent on the news or the this or the that or the community or the government or anything else to tell them right. what they need to think, feel, or do. When you have that, you're you're empowered, right? Yeah, and so right. on some level, I learned that. And on some yeah. level, he taught me that. And I've learned that lesson and repeated that lesson over and over again. And when I stray from that, that's when I mess up, right? <laughs> yeah. Right, right. Um, yeah. When I try to blame somebody else for what's going on in here. Up here, yeah. What's going on in here. When I try to point a finger, that's when I've fallen down and I know I got to check myself. Yeah, yeah. That's so brilliant, Matt. I mean, I, I, I love that. So kind of take us forward then, like, so, you know, through, you know, through your high school years and your college years, how'd you maintain that? I mean, did you, like, how long did you go to that camp? And then what, you know, what did you do to keep yourself growing and, and really kind of keep that mindset moving forward in, in that growth, growth space, as we call it here? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, for me, I, I have really great parents. My, my mom and dad are both entrepreneurs. My mom, especially like oh, cool. really nurtured me in anything I wanted to do. So, you know, uh, they, they weren't sure which direction I was going to go with, with life and vocation and that type of thing, but yeah. they supported me in everything, right? Mm, so, nice. so the camp I was talking about almost like just kind of gave me that extra boost. I already had an amazing home and I, I felt yeah. amazingly blessed to have the parents I did. That mm-hmm. camp gave me a boost and solidified some of those lessons, maybe gave me a, a different look at that, different perspective, but it was the support of mom and dad all through. Yeah school years and junior high and, and high school. And, you know, there was some weird up and down times. I'm a high school kid, <laughs> oh, right? Yeah, of course. Like, of course. <laughs> but for the most part, you know, I always felt very supported. I always felt like I was empowered by my parents to, to do whatever I wanted to do. Like, if you wanted to do that, if you put in the time, the research, the effort, you find the right people around you. And my parents taught mm-hmm. me this, find the right people to put around you. You can accomplish anything you want to. It's, yeah. you know, if you put a team together, you can do it. So, yeah. you know, in high school, that that wasn't running businesses and putting teams together. And doing that. Yeah. It was things like starting bands and trying to be a rock sure. star. 
stuff, right? So I, yeah, I, yeah. So I did that, right? I, I had the ability to communicate, to get people on the same page, to organize, to, to create collaboration. That's what a band is, right? And right, so absolutely. With, with very little, you know, real musical talent, I went and found a bunch of guys that were way better than me. Right. Mm. I could sing a little bit. I had a little creative ability to write and I didn't yeah. mind getting out in front and being, you know, being the showman or whatever. Yeah. Right. But I had friends that were, you know, the best guitar player in school, the best bass player in school, wow. hands down, the best drummer in school, Mike Conley, still one of the best. Right. I mean, those guys, <laughs> they were incredible. Right. Yeah. So I put the best team ever around me. And honestly, I wasn't on their level, but I was on a different level with getting them together to yeah. do it. I was on a different yeah. level with communicating. Here's how we could do this. Here's how we could enter that battle of the bands at, at our school. Here's how we could win it and then open for, you know, Green Day as the prize or whatever. And we ended up doing all of that, right? We ended really? up doing all that, which was cool. Well, oh I say God. we opened for Green Day. We were like 17 acts before Green Day, right? Hey, yeah, we still you act, opened. <laughs> we were act number one. They were act number 17. But so, we opened. You opened. Green Day, right? Absolutely, so, man. That's awesome. And that was before Green Day was Green Day. So, but yeah. But oh, cool. the lesson that I learned or the lesson that I, I think I had been taught that I was applying there was yeah. getting the right people on your team, yeah. collaborating and mm-hmm. casting a vision. Back then it was, hey, let's go win Battle of the Bands and, and right. get chicks or whatever. Yeah, right? You're right, right. But that was a vision, right? And yeah. the guys, the, the team, the band... Mm bought into that vision and it was fun. We played together for a couple of years and it was a good time, you know? So and cool. so now I'd go to college and, and uh, did the same kind of thing there, had a band there, but then get out of college, got into, you know, business. Now today, that's what I do in business. I put bands together and we play awesome music and we go win battle of the bands when we want to and stuff. Now it just happens to be with real estate deals, yep. with tech companies, that's with, awesome. you know, mastermind groups that I run, yeah. but really it's, it is a lot the same. And so it all comes back to the one consistent thing and every good thing that I've ever done is people. It's mm-hmm. relationships and it's yeah. investing in the right people and the right relationships. Even if you don't know on a project where you're going, if you're investing time with the right people, yeah. even if you don't make that project go, that is still time well spent because those relationships, you've built equity there, right? right. And so right. no matter what I did, no matter if it was real estate or when I was you know, in the automotive business before real estate years ago, or whether it was you know, all these different forays into all these other entrepreneurial efforts that I've tried, the common thread of what has made them work or what has made them fulfilling has been the people involved. Yeah, and so the more man. I focus on that, the better business is, the better life is, mm-hmm. uh, and the less that I've got to try to fit myself into situations where I'm not equipped to, to do things the right way. Sure. I, I get the team members who are way better than me yeah. and make all of life better. So it's people, it's relationships, it's building equity. And, and that's, that's the secret. It's not a secret, but that is my secret. Yeah. I love that, Matt. Well, and you know, one of the things that I, I hope our listeners caught because it, one of the things you talked about when you talk about building that band is yeah. that you, you surrounded yourself with people that you said were better than you. And so that helped you, I'm sure, to do do more, be better than maybe you would be on your own. And I think to me that that's such a, a huge lesson for business people, business leaders, business owners who want to do great things. We have to surround ourselves with people that are better than us, that maybe make us feel uncomfortable because that's what's going to help us to grow. And that's what's going to take us 
to you know win in the 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 battle so that we can get that prize whatever that prize is so I, I love that I mean so like how do you surround yourself now with the right people and 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 what are you doing uh, I know you mentioned the word mastermind and I want to dig into that for a second because I love that yeah and you obviously you have some masterminds that you've put together talk about that a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's that is the answer to the question. How do I put the right people around me? Yeah. I mean, I've always sought out those people, and we work on different projects and things. But yeah. over the last few years, I've really formalized what I think is my skill to do that mm -hmm. in masterminds. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, those listening that don't understand the mastermind concept, yeah. uh, pick up the book "Think and Grow Rich." Absolutely. And, and go to chapter ten. Right. If yep. you haven't read "Think and Grow Rich," you should read that anyway. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's just a great book on a lot of different levels. But chapter ten is called "The Power of the Mastermind." Yeah. And they talk about in that in that chapter how the, some of the greatest men that have built the biggest companies throughout history have always employed the mastermind concept, meaning they have surrounded themselves with people that have varying diverse skills, higher levels than them at a lot of different things, you know, but mm -hmm. advisors, a group of people around them. And a lot of the biggest industry, you know, Rockefeller had 50, 50 to 55 people around mm -hmm. him. That was his mastermind. If he mm -hmm. needed to sit down and get ideas, they would come around him and they were his board of advisors, right? So, uh, so the mastermind concept is just that. It is, it is sometimes, you know, a, a group that comes together informally or formally, but comes together for some kind of purpose, uh, sometimes grouped together by industry, sometimes grouped together by things they're trying to accomplish in life. Sometimes there's, you know, there's masterminds that just have men, there's masterminds that just have women, there's yep. masterminds that are just for real estate people, there's <laughs> masterminds that are just for digital marketers. So, you know, but it's finding a group of people that, like you said, are ahead of you in certain ways yeah. that can challenge you to make you better. In some cases that can hold you accountable, bring that accountability that we talked about, but in yeah. some way or uh, shape or form, it's people that make you better. Yeah. Right. And people right. that are able to hold up a mirror to you as an advisor and, and act as a sounding board to you. And if you have that, if you choose the right people, then you really can't accomplish anything. You know, the only exactly. time you can is when you surrounded yourself with the wrong people. Yeah. And I have found in my life personally and with other friends and associates that when you don't actively seek to surround yourself with the mm -hmm. right people, <laughs> you will surround yourself with people of some sort, right? right. But right. if you're not actively seeking the right people, and if you don't define who those people are, if you can't say, here are the types of people I want to be around, yeah. then you are going to default to kind of like, who's around proximity wise, right. Right? right? Think back to when you were like in college and like who maybe some of your, if you went to college, you lived in a dorm, who are your friends? The guys that live like within the five doors around you, right. Right? Right. you know, like it's a proximity thing, right? Yeah, exactly. Do you really top grade those friendships and go find <laughs> the best people on campus? No, it was <laughs> no. the five closest to you, right? So, right? so if you don't actively seek those high level yeah. people, if you don't put them around you, you yeah. will default to just kind of who's there, right? right. And, right. and exactly. what that's going to mean is average, right? Yeah, what most people live. It's just kind of like, hey, we're in each other's lives because we're just kind of here and it was easy and we mm -hmm. just kind of walked the same direction on the same day or whatever, you know? Yeah, sure, For, sure. Versus I went and found 20 people mm -hmm. that I wanted to, to be a part of or that I brought to me and surrounded myself with those people because they all have specific traits that I'm trying to grow within me and yeah. I want to help them do the same thing. That's a mastermind, right? Yeah. So, 
Um, oh my gosh, so yeah, I that's what it. I do now to get those people around me. And sure. sometimes it's a real estate group that I bring together like that. Sometimes it's digital marketers or, or sometimes yeah. it's charity, uh, you know, social entrepreneurs, you know, because we do a right. lot of charity work. But yeah. whatever it is, it's a group of people that say, we're here today or these two days or three days for this reason, for this objective mm-hmm. and to give to each other. And that's mm-hmm. how you really grow. And I, I, I attribute that. a lot of my business success, especially in the last few years to, to mastermind groups and being able to attract people to come hang out with me right. that are way smarter than me, you know, <laughs> which, is, which is cool. And, I, and I'm, I'm great having that skill, right? Yeah. So. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Well, and I think that one of the things that you said that is really key that I, again, I hope the listeners caught and it is that you actively sought it out. And when you actively seek it out, you're intentional with it. And I, th- I think that people who have listened to me or, or or know me know that I want to be intentional. And 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 the people that I have been around who have grown and who have had some success in life and in business, they've been very intentional with people that they've been around, the books that they've read, the people that they've listened to, and they've actively sought that out. And I, I, I think that that is really key to growing as, a, as an individual, growing as a, a business owner. Um, so I, I, I love that you said that. Yeah. Yeah. And you, I've heard the phrase a lot, and I think it was Charlie Jones who said it. You know, you'll be the same person in five years as you are today, except for the books you read and the people you people meet. You meet. You've heard yeah. that one too. Charlie yeah. Tremendous Jones. Yeah. Charlie Tremendous Jones. It's what you put in your head, right? Yeah, it's absolutely. It's the it's the people and it's the information. So yeah. you know, I, I look at and I think about that with kids now. I look at the books they're reading, the information that's getting in that precious little head, right? Yeah, you know? sure. So, so we don't do many screens and we certainly don't have any live radio or news feeds that pipe into our house. Like what in the world? Yeah. Like I'm just yeah, no kidding. Pipe that into my house, you know, right. like exactly. I, build wall, I build walls against that stuff. <laughs> exactly. You know? so, yeah. So yeah, it's so sure. very important. So the people, you know, I think about it from a parent standpoint, the people that are around my children, the teachers that they have, the books they're reading, right. Mm-hmm. They are changing every day because yeah at seven and three years old, oh my gosh, they're changing yeah. every day because of those people in those books. So I'm seeing in real time, like in hyperspeed, I'm yeah. seeing that principle, right? Sure. So I know it happens the same way with me. I might be a little bit more set in my ways at 45 <laughs> years old or whatever, yeah, right? Yeah. But the same thing, right? And so the people we're putting around us, that is the mm. quickest way to level up. That's the quickest way to overcome obstacles. And, and we need to understand too that that shooting for, like you said, those people that we feel like are a little bit better than us. Yeah. What you end up doing a lot of times is you find acceptance and then you realize I belonged here. Yeah. I belonged here. I was yeah. shooting like, like I was like not as good as these folks, but what I realized <laughs> was I may not be as good as Dave at, at this thing or whatever, right. you know, like I don't have hair like Dave. I'm bald, <laughs> right? You know, I can't have hair like Dave. I probably do something else better than Dave, right? That's right. You know, That's he right. wears glasses and I don't. I right. see better than Dave. You right? see better. Yeah, exactly. You've got better follicles. I've got better eyeball, you know? So, <laughs> I love it. So but that's, oh, that's, that's what I found was I would yeah. get into these rooms that I yeah. was, you know, especially early in my business career full of people that I thought, oh man, they're way more successful than me. And and in a lot of ways they were from the traditional (laughs) metrics and and a lot of other ways. Right. But I started to slowly believe, not Mm. slowly, but I started to quickly believe that I belonged in those rooms because as I heard what they were talking about, I realized, okay, I don't know what necessarily each one of these guys know, but I've got something to contribute here. I've got to take this. It's a little bit different. And then Mm -hmm. you start to contribute and you see people kind of nodding and you're starting Mm -hmm. to gain respect. And you suddenly start to realize 
I'm one of these people. Right. I'm not right. some guy who who got his foot in the door and snuck into the room. I, I belong in the room. Right. Yeah. And right, the way right. you belong in the room is by getting in the room and contributing. Right. And yeah, if you feel so like right. you feel like you're at a lower level, get in the room and contribute. If, yeah. you, if you feel like you're at a higher level, well, then get in a different room or go check <laughs> your ego. Right. Right. Exactly. Right? But yeah. many times people don't enter groups like that or don't go into mastermind groups or don't go into networking groups of a, of a certain caliber because they think they don't belong. Well, you know what? Believe in yourself. Go go in there to that room. If you yeah. truly don't belong and it's not a fit, no one's going to make you stay in the room, right? Right, but right. Get in those rooms because what you're going to find is what I found. Okay, you know what? I am on this level, you know, yeah. and, and I do belong here. And that has helped me make those big leaps faster than anything. I can always track back big business leaps to either a mastermind, somebody mm-hmm. I met in a mastermind, a coach or a consultant that I paid to come in and give me a particular insight. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but it was because I was seeking and it was because my mind was open to it and I was looking yeah. for it, right? Yeah, so, yeah. That's so, so cool. Man, all those things. But it, it's all about the people, man. It's all about getting the right people in the it, room. In, in my uh, preparation for today's conversation, I, I've heard you say that before, that basically, you know, every business is a people business. And so, you know, you just have to learn to, to work with people. And I think at the end of the day, it's so true. Before I forget it too, you said something, or the quote you said about Charlie Tremendous Jones. Yeah. So I actually had his daughter on the podcast this past spring. Oh, cool. Yeah. Dr. Tracy Jones. And oh. we had an amazing conversation. I, yeah. It was so cool. So you should actually check her out on LinkedIn. She, she's an amazing lady. I'd love uh, to lady. get connected to her. Yeah, man. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, her uh, dad was incredible. Yeah. Oh, my grandfather would would quote me that all the time, David. Yeah. You know that you'll you'll be the same today as you will tomorrow in five years, except for the books you read and the people that you're around. And yeah. and um, I, I just I absolutely love that. Talk a little bit about you know how you got into real estate because I, I want to just amplify your success in, in, in real estate. Cause I know you've been super successful and I, and actually one of the podcasts that I listened to that you were on, you shared about how you really succeeded in a time, you know, in the United States history anyway, when the real estate market was on, on the surface was crap, but you yeah. were able to, again, tell yourself a different story and, and make something out of it. So Maybe tell tell a little bit about that. I don't care where you want to go with that, but I just yeah. I love hearing stories where people have actually done something with a really cruddy situation. Yeah, you know, it's it's funny you say that because I was just thinking about that again today. I grew my real estate business in what I guess was the worst real estate market of all time or whatever. Yeah. Like to me, it was the best real estate market of all time. Yeah, right. right, so, right. So again, your perception shapes your reality. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, I was watching the news at that time because I needed to know what was going on with the foreclosure market and stuff, but sure. I wasn't buying the narrative, you know, of what was going on. You know, mm-hmm. but I remember being in real estate in those days in 2008 and nine, you know, when everybody's, everybody just lost their house and real estate was just a bad word to everybody. And my mm-hmm. business eight X in two years during wow. that time, right? Wow. So, so people would be like, you know, what do you do? I'm like, I'm in real estate. They, Ooh, how's that going? You know, and I like, always get the same thing. Ooh, how's that yeah, going? Yeah, right. I always say the same, Ooh, how's Ooh. that going? You know, like, <laughs> like, cause they all just figured, well, if you're in real estate, you lost your shirt the last couple of years or whatever. Yeah. And it was like, I almost felt embarrassed. Like, uh, yeah, yeah. We, we've doubled and tripled and maybe quintupled this year. You know, it's like, That's, it was, it yeah. was crazy, but I wasn't buying the narrative. So 
Yeah. To, go, to answer your question, how did I get into real estate? Yeah. Real quickly, I got a degree in psychology. I thought I was going to be a family counselor. I thought that oh, wow. was going to be the direction I went. A lot of that, you know, may probably stem back to some of that camp sure. communication. And, and that's uh, Skip Ross, you know, had uh, had a lot of uh, psychology degrees and, and that kind of pedigree. And so I thought maybe, you know, family counselor, I thought was what I wanted to do. I got a degree in psychology. I worked for a little bit in the Department of Children and Family and some different departments and, okay. and got a look at that world. And yeah. it's a it's a tough, it's a tough world. It's a tough yeah. world to number one, make a great living in, but also what I found was working in that world. I wouldn't to to move up in that world, you separate yourself from the people you're helping, right? So oh, yeah. I thought about it. I wanted to get into this kind of thing because I wanted to work with the children and work with the families. I didn't want to push paper five, five layers above them, you know. Yeah, sure. and, and so that's what I found with that. So anyway, yeah, yeah. corporate America, quick story, got disenchanted with corporate America, decided to buy a late night CD set in 2000, the year 2000, right? A late oh, yeah. night CD set on, on, on how to flip properties. I love sheets, right? <laughs> yes. And, okay, bought, yeah. and, and bought a book by a guy named Ron Legrand, who today is a member of my mastermind, which is hilarious, but I bought That's his great. book 2000, his first real estate book I ever read. And then mm-hmm. I just, I self-taught and I just messed up like crazy for two or three <laughs> years but I made a little bit of money on that very first deal. On my second deal, I made a little bit better money. And probably prematurely, I quit my job and went hardcore into it. Luckily, that third deal made better money and the fourth and the fifth and the sixth. And I just kept going and going. So through those years, you know, I was buying rentals and, and doing rehabs. When the market dropped out, timing, luck, you know, call call what you want to. I was in a good position right when the market dropped out, had sold some things at the right time. Didn't see it coming, but just had good timing. And and again, right place, right time, I guess, and right market. And what ended up happening between 2008 and 2014, but really eight to about 11, what used to take me you know, a long time to get a deal. It used to take me hours and hours and hours or weeks and weeks to negotiate a deal. I was now getting 10 deals for every one I used to get. The prices dropped like crazy. You know, the bottom had dropped out. Everybody locally in Florida couldn't buy anything. They'd all lost all their houses. All the mortgage brokers were going out of business. Um, All the real estate ancillary service businesses were going out of business. Everybody was just, you know, it was just terrible. And I'm watching... $150,000 $150,000 properties dropped to 50K. Oh, and, I, and I'm saying, what in the world? There's got to be opportunity here right now. Right. Lost their money in Florida and a lot of people, a lot of investors. So it wasn't there, but there was money in the world and it would yeah. want kind of, it, it wants, you know, 50% off or, or 75% yeah. off real estate. So sure. long story short, I found a way to, to start marketing and finding buyers worldwide to buy inventory, mostly in Florida at the time, mostly in yeah. Tampa. Okay, and I sure. started doing what, what in the day was early SEO. I, yeah. did, I did silly things like made YouTube videos. I mean, we're talking about 2000, we're talking about, two, you know, like 2010 was when I first got on Facebook, right? That's wow. when, that's when, or 2009, that's when we could all first get on, right? Get on, sure, right? yeah, yeah. Maybe 2008, but I was doing all this stuff early on. You know, Facebook, it used to be everyone that friended you, you had their email address. So I'd be right. I'd be emailing everybody and saying, hey, I'm, you know, I'm selling properties. And, you know, I was just letting everybody know about everything, shooting videos, putting them on YouTube, putting them on Google, and putting them everywhere I could put them. And they started ranking 
And then I started getting calls from all over the world. Wow. Um, Australia, Germany, lots of South America, a lot of uh, Canada, but especially South America and Australia were really big buyers for me. These guys are reading an article in the paper and they're seeing that Tampa is one of the best markets in the world and that, and that, you know, that these prices have been crushed and smart investors are swooping in before the hedge funds go in there and all this kind of stuff. And they Google it. And I used to be the first 10 results in a row, the entire first wow. page. Wow. So if you typed in, if you typed in Tampa, Florida, real estate investing, rental properties, cash flow properties, Tampa, anything having to do anything with buying properties, it was just Matt Andrews, Matt Andrews, Matt Andrews, right? Wow. So so that's, that's how amazing. I started that, you know, or that's how the business exploded was when everyone said. You can't do real estate in Florida. Everyone lost their shirt. It's terrible. No one's got any money. The banks aren't lending because that's that's they thought. Well, if the banks aren't lending, there's no real estate. You can't do anything, right? You're right. You're right. Well, look, if the bank's not lending, does this guy who just called me in Bermuda who has six <laughs> yeah. million dollars is he still able to buy? Right. Guess what? We're in business, baby. We're in business. Yeah. Let's do this, right? So, oh, and so that's, that's, what, that's what we did. So I didn't. It was part my attitude of, you know, my attitude independent of circumstances. Yeah. Probably that I was a little bit green sure. about dealing with these international buyers and stuff. And I just thought, I, why couldn't I do this? Why shouldn't I do this? Right. Right. And so one thing led to the next. And then it was like, look, if you want to buy from me, you got to buy five single family homes at a time. And then it turned into 10 and then turned into 20. And then I had some guys literally parking money at our title company in <laughs> escrow and saying, give me 50 properties. Oh my, gosh. You know? oh my gosh. So we, would, we would find them, we'd mark them up, we'd sell them, we'd fix them up, we'd do everything, we'd put renters into them, and we would wow. supply these turnkey properties that had three or four profit centers on every single family home. And we Amazing. got guys doing 50 at a time, you know. And so yeah. that that blew up our business in a great way. Yeah. That was when we literally ate X between those years. I'm not Daddy Warbucks. I'm not a billionaire. I'm bald like Daddy Warbucks, right? But I'm, not a, <laughs> I'm not a billionaire, right? But we were able to put away a lot of free and clear property at that time, which yeah. created a lot of freedom financially, but yeah. even more freedom of bandwidth, right? Right, right. So that I could look at other opportunities. I could make other relationships. I could do other yeah. things. Yeah. If I hadn't done that those deals then, and if mm-hmm. I hadn't rejected the conventional wisdom right. in favor of what I thought I could do, <laughs> I wouldn't be sitting here talking to David right now. I, there's wow. just no way. I yeah. would probably be like, in a property arguing with a contractor, <laughs> figuring stuff out, you know? Yeah, like sure, sure. But that freedom of bandwidth uh, let, led me to be able to go to a lot of other directions, mm. led, led me to acquire other businesses, bolt on other real estate uh, services and other businesses to our existing business, mm. start an education company, start a publishing company, and all that kind of grew into what is now really kind of all exist in my world of masterminds and, yeah. and publishing, you know, I, so, I love that, but it man. all comes from, you know, it all comes from that, man. If I, if that yeah. hadn't happened, you know, if, if I hadn't rejected the conventional wisdom, yeah, yeah. you know, well, so, it's a proverbial thinking outside of the box. I mean, you were thinking of, yeah, what, well, just because it can't happen here doesn't mean it can't happen somewhere else. You know, you really basically told yourself, you know, well, what can I do and how can I make this happen? I, I mean, I love that kind of an attitude. Yeah. Well, and, and, you know, one of the things that struck me too, as you're talking about these people calling you and, and, and just 8X in your business in those years, 
I mean, you had to be able to manage a team and lead a team and and manage and 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 manage those relationships, right? Yeah, that was the hardest part, actually, too, for me was, and that's where I learned during mm. doing all those deals. That's where I learned what I told you before, what we talked about before, yeah. that every business is a people business. Yeah, right? sure. Yeah. Every business is a people business. If you know yeah. how to deal with people. Then you're going to be able. You're going to be all right. You're going to be able to bring value. If you don't know how to deal with people, you might yeah. still be able to make money, but you're going to lose efficiency. You're going to lose. You're going to lose. There's going to be opportunity costs there, right? right. If you don't right. know how to deal with people, it, it is going to hurt you in ways that are intent, intangible, and tangible. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, I think. Uh, what was the question? I, I went off. On it, well, yeah, no, just working with people and teams, and 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 you have oh, to learn yeah. how to work, you know work with teams and well, so that's that kind what of I environment. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I learned during that time was I really learned how to work with the construction crews, how to work with multiple construction crews, working on multiple houses at the same time, how to work with a lot of guys that were older than me and how to Mm -hmm. garner respect as a 25 year old with the guys that are 45 year old, you know, like looking at me, like, who are you, you punk kid, houses and stuff like that. So there was a whole like learning process of how do you deal with, with people? How do you, how do you get eye to eye with people and, and make sure you understand what they're communicating uh, so that you can help them get out of their own way sometimes. You right. know? <laughs> that was what it was sometimes, right? So <laughs> yeah. it's like amateur psychology was definitely exactly. a part of managing construction crews. So, yeah. so that, but that is where I learned that every business yeah. is a people business. And that's where sure. I learned that, okay, I can have all the numbers down. I can have the cap rates dialed in. I can yeah. have the material costs. I can have the schedules all, you know, this can all go out the window if, this key cog or this foreman or whatever gets mad or goes yeah. off the rails or is disrespected or feels unappreciated or something like mm-hmm. that. It's like, well, you should get people that are more professional. Hey, they're people. Yeah. All right. <laughs> you, you, you tell me you should get more professional people. Maybe I should, but you also haven't run enough businesses to know that people are people are people, people <laughs> problems, right? That's right. That's so right. our ability to, to succeed in real estate, you know, and, and me and my wife, growing the way we did during those years. It was all about learning how to communicate better, learning. A lot of it was efficiency. A lot of it was delegation, mm-hmm. but the, the lion's share of it was, was learning how to empower people, learning how to give people uh, some ownership of something, giving mm. really good respect and giving kudos to the property managers and the construction people, creating a sense of community that, mm-hmm. that provided some fulfillment beyond just, you know, just getting a paycheck, you know, and all those things were things I had to learn because I, I thought everybody just thought the way I did was driven the same way I was driven to finish a job or get it done or whatever, but everybody's different. And I had to learn different styles for different people yeah. and, uh, and it's communication. It's people. Oh, yeah. So key. Uh, I, I love that. You know, I, I know we're running up against our time here and I want to be respectful yeah. of yours. So I, I know that you are involved in some charitable, you know, charitable activities and, and, and kids, children. And, and, and I'd love for you just to talk a little bit about that. I'm sure that some of it then goes back to that, those early days of, you know, maybe wanting to work within that uh, environment, but talk a little bit about your, your charitable organizations and, and what you're doing there, because I, I want people to know about that. I appreciate that, man. I take every opportunity I, I can to talk mm-hmm. about those things. A lot of what we do in real estate is to fuel and, and to, you know, be able to 
capitalize those, you know, those uh, opportunities to help. Right. So I have been very fortunate, just like in business to surround myself with really good people. I have amazing friends, some of them lifelong friends Mm. that have done amazing things with starting communities and charities and, and some friends of mine that are just, I mean, they just literally travel the world helping people. It's unbelievable. Right. So, so my ability with my sphere of influence and my friends around me, my ability to find efforts to champion that are great. I have a plethora of those things, right? So so to that end, I, I'm a founding board member and help start a few different organizations. One is called Ja Mobility, and that is the Jamaican wheelchair charity. Oh, and cool. each year in Jamaica, we deliver 1,100 free wheelchairs to the inner cities of Jamaica. And oh, uh, nice. we even did it. We even did it in 2020, although we didn't go down. We yeah. sent them, and we actually had people that distributed them. So, so That's each true. year, 1,100 wheelchairs go down to Jamaica. Mountain bike tires—they're they're pretty amazing. Um, you know, shipped uh, shipped over from China, and we assemble them there, mm. and then we distribute them, and they last for years. And they get—they even get passed down, right? Oh, so because wow. they're really robust and strong, and so we are 1,100 people at a time. Wow. We are slowly making a dent in immobility yeah. in Jamaica. And that's something I really you know love and and have been able to bring a lot of people down on trips down to Jamaica for that. A lot of my real estate people to go down and put their hands on the screws, man, and yeah. put, put those chairs together. And then to, to literally pick people up off the ground mm. and be able to set them in the chair and say, you can go on your own. You can move on your own. You know, you've got mobility. So that, that's an amazing man. project. Yeah. It's incredible, right? Oh, so, that's so cool. It's a small project, but it's incredible and it's amazing. And it's giving me a lot of opportunity. That was one of my first charity projects that I really did a lot of uh, social media marketing for. And that opened up other charity opportunities and brought other people to me. One of the people that brought to me was somebody that saw, you know, saw some of that marketing was my friend, Matt Van Royen. Um, and with him, we started Kushihana, which is the Indian orphan charity. And he had just been over to India and had set up some infrastructure for what was going to become multiple children's homes. And he saw what we were doing with John Mobility. He said, man, I'd like to sit down with you and talk with you. And let's just see how we can talk together. I Uh loved his vision. Fast forward a couple of years. I now on the regular to Nepal and India, take a group of 20, 30 people with me. And we go, we we hang out with our kids there. We got 10 different children's homes that we either fund completely or fund partially, depending Mm. on the situation. We are actively intaking and seeking other organizations like small children's homes that are independently owned and run that we can either fund or help partially fund and help kind of come in to bring infrastructure. And so that's built to um, 11 now, one in in Nepal and 10 in India, and that's Kushihana. And I'll I'll give you all these websites. Yeah, yeah, great. And everything. Yeah, good. Um, but uh, because Kushihana is a hard one to spell. I was going to say, yeah, I'm not sure I'm going we'll, to. We'll, we'll There's lots that of H's and S's in there that don't sound like what they should sound like, probably. Right. You know? like, right. <laughs> but, um, but that's another project. And then we do uh, the latest. Uh, I have worked and built, I built an orphanage in Haiti uh, a few years back. But just recently, I've partnered with a gentleman named Frank McKinney. I don't know if you know him or not. But you need oh, yes, I do. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I actually, I saw I saw a post of yours. So I, I do, yeah. I don't know him, but I know that you know him <laughs> we should we should connect you with him so that he can be on your podcast because he would be oh, no. awesome right you'd oh, love no, having no. him on here but he has for many years been building 
homes in Haiti. And so I've done work in Haiti. I know how incredibly difficult it is. Jamaica, I've done, that's hard. India, I've done, that's hard. Haiti's really hard. Really hard. And, uh, and it was difficult. What we did there a few years ago was really difficult. What Frank has done over the years is amazing. So I've partnered with him. I'll be going down there with him soon, but we raise money regularly to build homes in Haiti. And we're able to build homes down there for about $5,000. Oh my uh, gosh. House, put a roof over the head of, of eight people. And so what I'm working on there now with Frank is we've raised about the first half of the money we need. And we're about to raise the second half, I think here shortly for a full village. So we'll have a wow. 50, 50 home village with a community center and a, you know, kind of a rec center, uh, a yeah. common area for the village. Right. How cool. And, and it'll, it'll be something that generationally changes that little part of Haiti there. And so we're working on that. We funded about uh, 30 of the houses so far. We want to fund about another 20 and the community yeah. center. Um, and we can do all that for, you know, it's not as much as you would think, you know, yeah. I mean, around 300 K or so somewhere around there is probably what it would take to build that village. And yeah. then we can see that and we can watch that grow over the years. We can, we can see it sustain. And then we yeah. know that, Hey, this group, this, this one real estate group that raised the money for that can say, Hey, we, we helped put that village there. You know, we can always look at that and know that that's there and we can continue to, to help as they need it, you know? So yeah. had we built that three or four years ago and they just got rocked like they just did in Haiti. <sighs> We'd be down there, you know, pr probably helping them rebuild some of that stuff right now. But it'll yeah. be an ongoing project that after we make it, we'll kind of be able to do maintenance as a as a community for that group as wow. well. So, so Very those cool. are the three big ones, and then we do yeah. lots of other fun stuff too. And we've made yeah. some films and documentaries that are charity based and that drive donation funds to some of those projects and others. But really, I've used the marketing that we learned for real estate and for a lot of our other companies. And I said, man, this will work really well for charity. And when it's charity and when it's a project like this, I feel that much more bold to be sure. able to, to make it, to make big asks and to yeah. put big projects together because I'm like, man, yeah, I want you guys to all get out the wallet and give money to this because it's the right thing to do. Cause yeah. look at what we're doing. I'll, I'll make a more bold ask than I will if it's something for me, right? <laughs> for you, or, yeah, sure. Or yeah. a business thing or, you know, right. a selfishly driven financial, you know, personally yeah. driven, you know, but. But when it's that stuff, I just feel yeah. like I can pull my people in at a higher level so and I can cool. create opportunity. And so a lot of the mastermind groups in the communities that I've built, I now use them as a conduit in a lot of ways to give a lot of the members uh, mm. a chance to do something outreach wise that they want to do, but maybe wouldn't have done on their own. On their own. Right? Yeah. So pull, yeah. pulling a group of 20 out to India, you know, and, and so doing cool. that, they wouldn't have done it on their own. Right. And so yeah. If I can be the conduit to those kinds of experiences, and if those mm -hmm. kinds of experiences touch people's hearts, which makes the effort grow, mm -hmm. brings in more support, more money, more yeah. attention to that, then it all works together, right? Absolutely. So, yeah. So for me, the business and life and charity and real estate and the mastermind groups, all this to me is really part of one big ecosphere. Yeah. And I don't know any other way to operate. Like I yeah. can't like operate a charity over here and then operate a business over here. Like they're going to just kind of, kind of, yeah, just kind of integrates right. The yeah. way that I live. Right. It just, yeah. they're just going to it. If this business needs a, an effort to put their, you know, charitable money behind, it's going to be one of these charity. I mean, it, it's together. Yeah. Right. And yeah. So, right. So I love that. And I love that, you know, the charity piece is, is a piece that kind of, in a lot of ways brings a lot of the marketing mm -hmm. and the business and the funding and especially the sphere of influence, the people, yeah. again, back to the people, the people. Yeah. every business that's worked, it's been because of people, all the charity efforts that have worked, it's been because of people, especially, uh, right? Yeah. Not just the people that 
gave the money, not just the people that gave their time and went down and put together wheelchairs or built orphanages, but the people that had the need, had right? The need, sure. Had yeah. the need without them, without those people, there, there's nothing there. Right? You don't have it. Yeah. you Right. Yeah. So it's an amazing thing to be able to take a business or take success or community that you've built in one in one thing and then be able to kind of take that to a higher level purpose. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I I know I'm not curing cancer or, you know, helping all the starving children in the world, but we're doing something that makes a big difference to a few people. And to those people, it's a game changer. It's a life changer. And to this person, it's a game changer and a life changer. Right. Absolutely. And that's why we do it, man. Well, you know, and and I've heard it said that uh, I think it's Andy Stanley that said, do for one what you wish you could do for for all, you yeah. know, and and I think, you know, that's exactly what you're doing. Matt. Great. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love it. Awesome. Love it. I, I, I want to say thank you. Um, please. We, I know you'll get me all of the links for for your organizations. Yeah. One last thing, though, because I know that we will have at least one real estate uh, person listening to this podcast yeah, yeah. and potentially others. Uh, if if the, if they want to get in touch with you, uh, connect with you in some way, just be able to understand or learn from you. How do they do that? Yeah. So the easiest way to get in touch with me is, is straight up Facebook. Just find me and get okay. in touch with me. So if you awesome. just type in Matt Andrews, not even a page or whatever, just my straight up profile. Okay, cool. You guys, find me, shoot me a message, and say, "Hey, I heard you on Dave's podcast. <laughs> Loved it. I was thinking about this with charity or real estate. I love, and th- th- that's why I do." shows like this, right? I want sure. the relationship with you, Dave. And, yeah. and I want the relationship with the people in your audience, because I want to know the good things you're doing, the good things they're doing. And I want another, I want a conversation, right? Yeah, so, right, right. So reach out to me. You guys will find me very friendly. Yep. Friend, friend me on Facebook or Instagram. Uh, so yep. on Facebook, you just find me as Maddie Andrews and just look for this bald head, right? <laughs> and then on Instagram, I'm uh, Hey Matt Andrews, H-E-H-E-Y. Like, hey, Matt Andrews. Yes, right. Find me there. So find me either place. I look at and read the messages myself on both of those platforms, and uh, would love to hear from you guys, real estate or otherwise. Yeah, awesome, Matt. Thank you've been so generous with your time today, and thank you for sharing your story. I mean, really, I I think there's so many you know nuggets of of what you've shared in your journey that I I know the people listening are going to get so much from it. So I I really appreciate it. Yeah, man. Well, I appreciate you. And it's an honor to be here and share me with your audience, man. It was a great time. And let's do it again sometime soon. Uh, I'll I'll hold you to it, Matt. Cool. Awesome. Thanks, Dave. Thanks, man. Well, you know, there are some people when you meet them, you just feel like they're fast friends. And I've got to tell you that Matt definitely feels like that. I really loved his uh, his authenticity, and he said several things that I, I just wanted to point out that I believe are really keys to, to growing. First of all, how cool is it that your parents will send you to a camp that teaches leadership and, and, and growth, saying yes to your potential? That, that was awesome. But I, I think that one of the things that Matt talked about is seeking out people that you surround yourself with and surrounding yourself with the right people, but more importantly, seeking them out actively and 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 really just putting those people around you in the in the masterminds. You know, I, I've probably shared on this uh, podcast a number of times that I'm part of several mas- masterminds, and and the mastermind concept is so powerful. And you know what he shared about being intentional with who is around you, selecting those people, and actually getting into the right rooms is is so 
important for our growth, whether it be our leadership growth or our personal growth. And and the other thing he shared too is just the the, the quote from Charlie Tremendous Jones. Basically, reading books and and being around people is really what's going to help us to grow. And for those of you who uh, are curious, episode 29 was the episode with uh, uh, Tracy Tremendous Jones, uh, Charlie Tremendous Jones's daughter. Uh, that was an amazing episode as well. But get in the room with people who are farther down the road that you, than you are and, and really believe that you do belong in that room and contribute and, and really use the mastermind to make big leaps in your personal growth. The other thing that I thought was really important that Matt shared was that he took a different perspective in real estate during 2008 and 2009. You know, he basically asked himself, what can I do? And and he he looked for opportunities and he took action. He he kept moving forward. And and I think that is so important because it's having the right mindset. It's having the right mindset that looks for those opportunities and finds what you can do rather than what you can't do. Because as you all know, I'm sure in 2008, 2009, everybody was looking at the doom and gloom and he saw it as an opportunity. He knew that there were there were people who are looking for opportunities to invest in real estate. Maybe they weren't in our country, but they were in other countries. And so he utilized that as an opportunity to multiply his business. And <laughs> the last thing I'm going to say, and, and this is so key, his point about every business is a people business. And it's so true. Every business is a people business. And so it doesn't matter whether you are an engineering firm, you're a manufacturing firm, you're an IT firm, we are dealing with people. And so when we can learn to work with people and really understand human psychology and work with it rather than against it, that's when we can be really super effective. So to really wrap a bow on this episode, what I want to share with you is just an opportunity for you to be in the room and for you to intentionally put yourself around other people who are actively growing. We have our Inner Circle Summit coming up uh, in December, and I'd love for you to be in the room. And if you have an interest in that, if you are a senior leader and you have a team that would benefit from being in the room with other leaders that are seeking to grow and are really putting themselves in really uncomfortable places and outside their comfort zone, but gathering together in order to look into the next year and to be able to create a vision for their own leadership uh, at a time when it is really important for us to be together, I would invite you to uh, get on the wait list for the the coming Inner Circle Summit. And the website that you need for that is just davidmcglennon.com slash E-L-I-C Summit, all one word, E-L-I-C Summit. And you'll get on the wait list and you'll get notified just as soon as we have the, the date uh, picked. 
So do, do me a favor, make sure that you give us a review and, and rate the podcast. If you're not subscribed, I would really encourage you to subscribe. We've got some great conversations coming up. And one of those conversations on our next episode is a gentleman by the name of Dr. Brian Glubkowski. And we're going to talk about answer intelligence. I know you've heard about emotional intelligence, and you've also heard me talk about asking great questions. But we're going to talk about how to answer those questions and, and increasing and improving your answer intelligence. So you want to make sure that you uh, are subscribed so that you get automatically that next conversation and that next episode with Dr. Brian Glubkowski. But until next time, stay in that growth space and be well. Mm-hmm.